Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday and welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Friday the 17th of February. I'm Derek Clark and I'm delighted to say I'm joined this morning by Chris Jack. How's it going, Chris? Not too bad, Derek. Not bad at all. Another interesting week in the world of Rangers. So, <laughs> uh, no, I'm looking forward to the game this weekend and then it's it's all about the most important one of the season so far next week. So, if this week is anything to go by, then the next few days, yeah. even the cup final could be a cracker. Yeah, it's going to be absolute fever pitch. Um, lots to talk about, as Chris said, uh, folks. Before we do that, just a bit of housekeeping as ever. A uh, quick word for our sponsors, Seneca Hair Restoration. They're the number one hair transplant corporation in Europe. Uh, if you want to uh, reinvigorate uh, the top of your head, then these are the guys you want to call. I've put the, the, the links to all the social media accounts and their website uh, in the description box as ever. So do go check them out if that is something you are thinking about. Uh, and just a reminder of our tremendous offer we've got on the website just now. Not only is it just £1 for three months' worth of content, which is great value in itself, but we're also offering one lucky recipient two tickets to the League Cup final on the 26th of February. All you have to do is head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe to sign up and enter into that draw. And as I've mentioned uh, a couple of days now, uh, if you're already a subscriber, don't worry, you should have an email with an entry form about how you can also enter that draw. So uh, just check your junk mail or your spam folders if you haven't seen that yet. Right, Chris, um, before we touch on uh, another entertaining press conference from Michael Beale uh, yesterday, I'm really enjoying these uh, media interactions, I've got to say. It's one year ago today since that famous win over in Dortmund, uh, 4-2, of course, Rangers triumphing. Uh, oh, Chris has just uh, popped out. Hopefully we'll have him back uh, shortly. Yeah, just one year ago uh, today, as I mentioned, folks, Rangers uh, winning by four goals to two against uh, Borussia Dortmund uh, over in Germany, it would start, of course, that epic run to the Europa League final where Rangers would come agonisingly close uh, to winning the trophy. Um, there's some great pieces on the website, incidentally, uh, just looking back on, on that victory. Um, I done a piece I spoke to uh, three supporters who were in the ground. Of course, it was at a limited capacity, uh, around uh, it's an 80,000 uh, capacity ground, but only 10,000 were allowed in due to uh, the height of covid um, and uh, only 500 Rangers supporters receiving official tickets, using the Neil Lennon air quotes there. Uh, there were a few, though, in the home end. Uh, I spoke to one such, Jamie Brown from Wirral Rangers Supporters Club, who was in the home end, uh, and two other uh, Rangers fans who made it over uh, as well. Uh, and you can check that piece on the website. Joshua Barry's also done a tremendous piece on there. Looking back uh, at the match, he's spoken to uh, a number of, of people involved. The likes of uh, Kenny Miller, uh, uh, who was uh, one of the, the, the pundits there uh, of uh, at, at the match, uh, and also uh, Rory Hamilton as well, who was the, the, the commentator at the game. He looks at the match in depth, all the analysis, the goals and what have you. So I'd urge you to do check it out, folks. And there's also uh, an interview I did with Jamie on our YouTube channel as well. So do go check that out uh, as well uh, on our YouTube channel. That aired uh, last night for the first time. Um, so, yeah, very entertaining indeed. What uh, an evening that was. Right, we're, we're still waiting on Chris. He's having a few uh, technical issues. And as <laughs> if by magic's like... I thought I would just jump in and save you, Derek. Chris, Chris has turned into Johnny, which is, uh, there you go, the, the beauty uh, of the internet. Uh, Johnny, how's it going? 
Good mate, yeah, um, yeah. I didn't expect to be on this morning, so a mid breakfast roll. But I saw you were floundering. I was, as always, when I'm not on the show, I always like to watch. And I thought rather than have you talk to yourself, given Chris seems like he's having technical issues. Oh, here's, here's Chris now. Here's Chris oh, now. Well, hey, <laughs> we've got you back, Chris. Well, we've we've got him back in body, but not in uh, <laughs> not 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 in audio. Um, yeah, we'll carry on. We'll carry on, and um, if Chris is struggling, then um, he can come off and come back. Yeah, well, we'll we'll, we'll let him we'll let him persevere, and we'll see see, see how he goes. Um, yeah. But I was just touching on on the, on the smiling there. Can you hear us, Chris? You got you're on mute. You're on mute, buddy. Can you hear us, Chris? Right, we'll just uh, we'll just uh, leave Chris uh, just now. I think I can't hear him whatsoever. Um, I'll just I'll just get your thoughts on. That. We'll remove him from now. That nothing personal, Chris. We'll remove you just now as you, as you try and uh, get rectify that situation. Uh, but Johnny, uh, before we talk about another yes. entertaining press conference involving Michael Beale, um, well, was the just... good thing was uh, Chris was there uh, and I wasn't in that particular part of the press conference. But um, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'll try my yeah. best. Yeah. Just before we touch on that, the, the Dortmund is a year ago today. It seems like a lifetime ago, Johnny, doesn't it? Nobody could have envisaged the Run Rangers would go on after that great night. What a tremendous evening that was. Yeah, one of the best nights to be a Rangers fan, I think there must have been in the last 30 years. I, I read uh, Martin Ramsey, eminent Rangers historian and author, who was interviewed as part of Josh's epic, truly epic piece on the website. Uh, this morning. I'd urge everyone to go and read that. It is a labour of love. 3,000 words. He's spoken to literally everyone, sources inside the club, sources inside the dressing room, um, people who were there from the media, fans. It is really comprehensive and um, a fantastic read. So it's one to sort of, on your lunch break, set aside some time with a cup of coffee and go through it because... Uh, it brings all those memories back. But Martin Ramsey, in the interview that he gave, said that he felt it was the greatest Rangers away result. And I have to agree with him, Derek. It's the jewel in the crown of the Seville run, frankly, in terms of the results. To go to Dortmund, who are a, who are a European giant, a Champions League club, and whose striker was uh, Haaland, who we know is probably the best number nine in the world. Uh, I know he didn't play, but that you know he was part of the squad. Uh, that shows you the level of quality they had. Two World Cup winners in there. It was a seriously, seriously good result. I remember watching the game. Obviously, I was watching it from home, uh, being in the sort of Rangers Review HQ. And just as the goals went in, there was just a sense of disbelief, but also a real sense that this was a game that could be anything. Because every time Rangers went forward in that game, Derek, they looked like they could and probably would score. Alfredo Morelos had his best game, I think, in a Rangers jersey that night. There's arguments that Feyenoord was better, but I, I, to me, against the quality of defender he was up against, and in such an important game, he was just outstanding. Ryan Kent, we know how good he was, and just underlines the quality of Ryan Kent, that he can do it at the very top level. You know, he did it throughout that Seville run, and there was probably no better performance than that night from Ryan Kent. He was, he was truly at the top of his game. So it was an incredible night, outstanding. And and just I think that the, the, the best memory 
Derek, was was really not John Lundstrom's third goal for me. It was um, it was the fourth goal because Lundstrom's goal goes in and you're sort of disbelieving what you're seeing. Yeah. And then Dortmund go back up the pitch and score, and you go ah, ah, you know, you know, the nature is writing itself. But then Rangers went right back up the pitch and made it, made it four one. Yeah. And so for that, that for the moment, that was the moment that for me made it kind of real that result and that performance. And I think we know that Joe Rebo should have made it five. Um, but let's not get too over the top. I think the Ibrox return was, which I was at, was. Uh, just as good in a lot of ways. The atmosphere was incredible. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great to look back. And this piece by Josh is the definitive piece on it. Yeah, absolutely. It was. Um, uh, and there's, uh, like I mentioned, folks, there's, there's great stuff on the website looking back at that, that tremendous win. Right, Johnny, let's talk about the here and now. Uh, before Indeed. we do that, in fact, uh, lots of comments coming in, Johnny. Uh, Crypto Knight says, uh, Brisbane loyal haircuts taking minutes off you, Johnny. What <laughs> <laughs> the comments about your, your, your new hairdo, Johnny, here? I know. Listen, I'll tell you what it is, guys. Is, um, I don't know. This is obviously being a, new, a relatively new dad. I just find I don't have time to do anything. My life is utter chaos. <laughs> so my hair was just getting out of control. And the first to admit it, I thought I went into the barber and just said, just take it all off so I don't have to have a haircut for the next eight weeks without looking like a complete and utter, you know, shabby wreck. And and that's what they've done. I'm not saying that it's uh, there's anything spectacular about it, but I'm glad that it's raising comment. It shows that this yeah do possibly yeah. doing something right or or indeed Derek very very wrong. Yeah, well, uh, uh, it reminds me I need to go soon as well. So, uh, yeah, let's crack on because people want to talk Rangers, Johnny. And another entertaining press conference from Michael Beale uh, yesterday. Now, as we know, there's there's a broadcast section uh, uh, and then there's a, a bit he does with the uh, with the, the print uh, journalists as well. And one of the big talking points uh, you can see in, in the title, I've put it in, uh, his comments on Chris Sutton. Uh, absolutely sensational stuff. Um, this, this all comes from... Chris Sutton saying uh, on radio, here's a question, just a yes or no answer. Do you think Michael Beale would have done that had they been playing Celtic? Talking about the Malik Tillman incident against Partick Thistle when he allowed them to score. Um, the comment didn't sit well with Beale. It was taking aim at Sutton for his hypothetical question. This is what he said. Listen, there are pundits that are comedy acts. There are ex-players who are comedy acts. I don't even want to answer that question because they are comedy acts and they are here to create intrigue. They don't speak about the betterment of the game. They don't help our game at all. All they do is bring it back down to the gutter. There are a lot of good things we can speak about in our game at the moment at other clubs as much as in my club. I don't know why people, why is that where they go? At the end of the day, we don't know, do we? If I had allowed that goal to stand and we had gone through in the cup like that, that would have. what would that have done for Malik? What would that have said about me and my club? Also, it seems, our club, sorry, also it seems like uh, because Partick Thistle said it, what Ian was getting the sack anyway, then you guys would be questioning me that I took a goal from someone that lost his job. Um, so he, went, he then went on, <laughs> uh, he says, I think uh, emotions run high. Uh, they like one player and then they don't like another. One scores one week uh, and isn't like the next. It's the role of the fan. Growing up, I was a fan of Chelsea. So there is one pundit around here who is the worst ever player to play for Chelsea. That is why I won't mention his name because I try to forget him. Absolutely sensational comments from, from Michael Beale, uh, Johnny. Uh, what, what did you make of those? Yeah, well, obviously, I heard about these comments uh, 
towards the, the late afternoon because they were given to our colleagues in the in the written press. And I immediately realised that this was going to be something that was going to cause a bit of a start, to say the least. There's a question mark, should Michael Beale even be given Chris Sutton the yeah. oxygen of publicity? Um, there'll be people that say you're, what you're doing is you're playing into his hands because now he's going to be on BT Sport tonight with Ali McCoyst and um, Daryl Curry in and his, and his show that he does. And this is going to be the big topic and Ali's going to rip into him about it and it's going to be a clipped up and then put on the on yeah. social media channels and it's yeah. all grist to the content mill and, you know, Sutton's now going to bite back and then it's going to be put back to Beal after the game against Livingston. You know, what are your responses to Chris Sutton? I don't think Michael Beal will say any more about Chris Sutton. I think he said all he needs to say. It's kind of a full stop moment for me. Um, he's absolutely nailed it. Chris Sutton has gone, in my view, from being a partisan, vaguely entertaining um, wind-up merchant to becoming someone who can be potentially uh, a, a figure that could cause, I think, serious problems uh, for referees in this country this season. He's gone into the into the kind of uh, the world of the conspiracy theory, and there's some there's some comments that he's made that have been deeply, I think, regrettable and borderline dangerous. Um, in terms of uh, suggesting that there might be something at play when it comes to refereeing of Celtic, uh, it's it's really really irresponsible and uh, not the kind of thing that we've seen pundits do in the past. So I can understand why Michael Beale would have a low opinion of Chris Sutton, why he would be irritated by Chris Sutton, and why he would come out and fillet him directly in this way, because. I think he's he's someone that I think has overstepped the mark this season. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And and Beale's probably nailed it by calling him a comedy act. You know, this because it is an act with Chris Sutton. If you go down south, there's a different Chris Sutton. There's two Chris Suttons. There's a guy down south that is um, much more considered. Um, you know, he's still got that acerbic bite to his commentary, but he's he's a lot less. Um, mercurial, he's a lot less um, irascible and, and, and prone to sort of debate um, than he is up here. It's a completely different character. Um, now, there's a scene in, in, in the movie Kill Bill, without getting too highfalutin about this, mm. where um, he talks about, the character of Bill talks about how Superman um, and Clark Kent and he's talking about how the differences between the two of them and how Clark Kent is Superman's view of the human race. And I think like Chris Sutton's punditry in Scotland kind of plays into that kind of metaphor because in a way, it's Chris Sutton's view writ large of Scottish football. Now people say he's a big defender of Scottish football. Then why does he sort of play it up like it's basically, it's this kind of, low rent kind of always tabloidy talking points that he's firing into. Why is he always firing into those kind of topics? Why is he always looking to create, as Michael Beale puts it, intrigue? Uh, Michael Beale says all they do is bring it down to the gutter and I'd have to agree with him. Um, it's, it's a consistent nonsense and he's absolutely right to point it out. But I really hope that 
that they call it a day with that because I don't think there's anything more to say. He really, really has skewered it, Derek. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but there's inevitably now going to be a response, a you know, a return fire. You know, um, do you, do you want to get involved in that? I don't think the Rangers manager needs to. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm delighted to see, incidentally, we can reintroduce Chris to the show. How's it going, Chris? You put 50p in the meter and he's back in business. I just need Johnny to sign off the expenses now and I'm going to go for another 15 minutes worth of internet. Uh, no, a brief, a brief uh, power cut out, out in Lanarkshire. Uh, it's been a bit windy here the last uh, the last uh, 12 hours or so, but we're, we're back up and running, so uh, nice to be back. Yeah, yeah, great to have have you back. Uh, right, uh, I'll, I'll come to you then, Chris. We're just touching on uh, Michael Beale's uh, Chris Sutton comments there. Uh, we were talking off here before we started the show. He's just great value, isn't he, Michael Beale, for the guys for these uh, media interactions? There's just so much content you get from them. It wasn't really something that we had to work too hard to get the manager to say yesterday. Um, it was on also a line of questioning on the on the Tillman incident and the fallout from it. Um, and it was put to him, look, we think you would have done the same thing in a, in a different game because that has been that's been one of the allegations. It was fine to do it against Partick Thistle, but there's no chance you would have done it in a league game that mattered or against Celtic. Um, so Chris Sutton's name wasn't wasn't mentioned in the in the questioning, um, but it's obviously something that has has upped Michael Beale. It's also something that he's certainly been aware of over the last over the last few days. Um, and I thought his his comments were uh, interesting to uh, to say at least. I thought they were really cut and really well placed and well delivered. The only thing I think is a slight negative of it is whether he should be getting involved in tit for tat with Chris Sutton because ultimately it plays into Chris Sutton's hands. This is the type of thing that he's going to he's going to thrive off. He's got a reaction from Michael Beale. We know how he'll then play that out um, on social media and uh, and his next round of comments. He's got plenty of platforms, um, both up here and, as Johnny was saying, down south, to put his views across. I do wonder if Michael has played into his hands um, a wee bit, but I think it was probably worth the risk because I know the Rangers fans have been upset by Sutton and other other pundits for a long time. They feel that nobody from the club is taking them on or nobody from the club is, is putting them down. I think from a, a PR perspective, it's not the right thing for the club to be doing or for the board to be doing. If the manager feels it every so often, he can have a wee net back and he can he can put something out there to defend himself, defend his players, defend his club. I think once every so often, it's, it's the right thing to do. I think the manager did it well yesterday. I don't think it's something he should be doing all the all the time, though, because um, ultimately you don't want to bring yourself down to that, to that level. The position of Rangers manager... Is a very lofty one, it's a prestigious one. Michael Beale understands the office that he holds. Ultimately, what Chris Sutton says and does, or what any pundit says and does, doesn't impact events on the field and how he'll be how he'll be judged and remembered as a as a Rangers manager. Yeah, 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 I tend to agree. Um, now, folks, you can uh, donate to the channel. They'll have a, a couple of donations, uh, quite substantial, actually, have come in. James uh, Dalrymple, thank you very much, uh, buddy. Uh, Beating the dressing room or in the press conferences, uh, Beal, I think it means, means there takes no prisoners. Uh, absolutely love it. Um, yeah, he has been at a breath of fresh air when he talks to the press. Not too sure about this comment from, from James Strachan, right enough, uh, 30 dollars 99 i'm gonna go at you johnny for uh, blaming your, your, your daughter at times with <laughs> <laughs> regards to your no problem. 
<laughs> but uh, thanks for the donation, James. It's very much uh, appreciated. That is uh, fantastic stuff. Um, in terms of the other main takeaways from from the press conference, guys, um, Johnny, you asked him. You asked Michael Beale about Tom Lawrence. I thought it was. Uh, uh, an interesting uh, point that he made with regards to uh, his comments on that brilliant interview he did with Rangers TV during the week um, where he discussed the, the, the vision and his, his, his future, uh, what, what what he sees the future Rangers looking like. He did uh, name-check Tom Lawrence has been one of the players. He, he justified what, what, why he did do so, but then he said there is no time scale as to when he will return to action. That doesn't sound too good to me, Johnny. I, I, I don't think we're going to see this point uh, for the rest of the season, I've got to admit. Well, I, I don't want to speculate on that, um, but it doesn't look good, does it, at the moment? Um, there's been a lot of discussion and conjecture and, and, and stories about Tom Lawrence and his injuries. And, uh, you know, certainly it seems like he's not going to be back before March, which is something I think had been previously said. Um, the, the, the club are saying, and, and Michael Beale said yesterday, that, you know, he was, he was getting back to fitness. He had a... Uh, a relapse or a, or, a, or, a, or a setback, I think, was the was the phrase that was used. And now that they're sort of, it sounds like they're treating them with kid gloves and just yeah. trying to give them the, the support and the, the space that he needs to ensure he gets back. But I think what's clear, regardless of when he'll get back, when he does, Beal has made enough comment about Tom Lawrence that it's now, to me at least, quite certain that he's going to be a major part of this team going forward. He's, he's name-checked him at least four times, I think, um, unprompted. And that, to me, only happens if you're, you're, you're a key part of the manager's thoughts. Now, as he clarified when I asked him the question, when he was talking on that excellent Rangers TV interview, it, he was talking about uh, how the team play and you can only play with the players that you've got and the players you've got shape the way you play. And if there was a billboard of the way Rangers play, it's going to be shaped by the key players. And the key players he mentioned were uh, Nicholas Raskin, uh, Tom Lawrence, um, Derek, you have to remind me of the other ones, uh, Ryan Kent, Cantwell. and who was the other one? Cant Cantwell. Oh, Cantwell, yeah. So it's odd that given he's worked with three of those four and the other one, he hasn't been kind of directly getting on the grass and, 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 and then getting into games. So to me, that just was interesting because it underlined that that Tom Lawrence is going to be a key part of it. It's clear that he's a player that Michael Beale knows. He talked about having seen him come through as a kid at Manchester United and what he did in the Championship where he made a mark um, with his performances. So I think Tom Lawrence, if you look at him, he's one of these players that can play a number of positions. I think we've seen him as a number eight uh, successfully under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. I think he can play wide left, no problem at all, Derek. That's where you, I think, initially saw him when you were raving about him uh, when he was initially yeah. linked with the club. He can play wide right. I even think he can play as a false nine or as a number nine. He's, he's that kind of player. He's very, very, very versatile. And Beal, again, in that interview with the club, talked about hybrid players. So he's one of those that can play <clears throat> several positions, given Beal those options that he craves. Um Anyone who hasn't watched that, I'd suggest go away and spend 50 minutes watching it if you've got a Rangers TV subscription. I gave Derek the, the highly onerous task of going through it, and I said to him, go and pick out the sort of the top lines, the, the, the key bits, the interesting parts, and sort of put it all together in one document. I think it was about 9,000 words. So that probably tells you <laughs> about what was in there. It was, it was a lot of interesting stuff. 
Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, Chris, what do you make of it? Not just the Tom Lawrence situation. I mean, I mean, injury situation heading into this Livingston game. Uh, he said John Lundstrom's touch and go. Nico Raskin hasn't trained. He should train today just based on fatigue. He's not played for some time. Connor Goldson, of course, was, was rested last week. Um, but there will be one eye on the big one the following week, isn't it? I know he said it's, it's one game at a time, but he's he surely got to be thinking about the, the, the game at Hamden. One one game at a time is all is all fine and well, but when the one after the next one is Celtic at Hamden in the cup final, you have to have more than a, a passing glance at it. I would be surprised if there's any if there's anyone who's who's touching goal for the weekend. It's not the type of game to go and better go and risk them on. Certainly on that on that pitch in a game that ultimately and unfortunately isn't going to make any difference come the end of the season in terms of the in terms of the title race. Um, it'd be Silly, I think, if, if Rangers were to risk anyone and potentially rule them out of the of the Hamden game, I think there will be guys naturally that you'll be a bit more wary with. Like you won't see Yanis Hadji on that on that pitch, given his his injury that he just come back from. Um, another one that the manager name checked yesterday. I think he'll a lot of them. I think they'll they'll want to play. Raskin, I'm sure, could do with another at least hour under his belt heading into Celtic. Connor Goldson, we all know, unless his legs hanging off, even if it was, he would still want to go and play. That's just the type of character that he is. Um, but I think the manager will just need to be strong on certain guys if they're not if they're not at it, knowing what's coming, knowing how important next uh, weekend also is just for in terms of winning something, but in terms of building momentum, it's a real marker if Rangers can go and win next week. Um, so I'd be surprised if if they take too many risks with uh, the number of guys that are ended as touch and go. Um, I don't really see the benefit of uh, of playing in uh, living, uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, um, would you start Raskin, Chris? Uh, I'd been, I'd, 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 I'd play him from here on, and I thought he was, he was brilliant against Partick Thistle. What, what did he make his, his full debut? And would, you, would you start him with, uh, with next week in mind? He's, he's here to play. He's here to play first team football. He's here to be one of the, the main men in the team. So if you're signing him, and Rangers were obviously as a lengthy pursuit to get him in, an old firm game at Hamden Cup final. That's the that's the type of game that he's that he's here to play. I don't really see the point in bringing him in, giving him his debut that seven or eight minutes that he played, giving him the Thistle game, and then not building him up and building him up to then go and play against to go and play against Celtic. I know the manager said a fortnight ago, I think it was, he doesn't see him and Glenn Kamara playing in the same team too often. They're basically here to compete. I think he used Tussle as the kind of metaphor for the for how he's, those two are going to compete for the one jersey. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if. Raskin having played so well, I thought he played way, way better than Glenn Kamara last weekend. I thought it was, yeah. it was really poor once again. Um, it's not been a good season for Glenn, unfortunately. I think that, that jersey is now Raskin's. It's going to be Raskin's long term, unless the, unless the injury or the knock that he's got prevents him from getting through an hour. I don't see why you wouldn't why you wouldn't play him. If, he, if he's fit to play and he's going to be fit for the Celtic game, give him an hour against Livy. Build them up, give them a good week of training next week, and then you have to put them into the Celtic game. That's that's why Raskin and that's why Todd Cantwell are here. The manager spoke about signing players to improve the first team. They're two names that improve the first team, and you need them on that pitch against Celtic next weekend. Yeah, with uh, <clears throat> the comments on uh, Ryan Jack, Johnny, I thought was uh, it's the story of Ryan Jack's uh, uh, recent time at Rangers, isn't it? He said uh, Ryan Jack had a slight problem after the game. Uh, which is not ideal, if I'm honest. Uh, that that is not good news, is it? I mean, he's been plagued with injury issues in, in the last uh, few years. Um, who is your your midfield partner if if you're if you're playing Raskin? 
Yeah, it's a difficult one. I suppose uh, I would always look at Livingston and go down the old Walter Smith route of you need to win the battle before you can play your football. And that can sound quite anachronistic at times. And sometimes I can almost feel Joshua Barry boring into me with his eyes when I say things like that. But it's a cliche because it's true. Scottish football is always going to have that physical element where the referees are the way they are in terms of allowing it as part of the kind of culture. And um, Livingston are a team that that are brilliantly organised uh, and will always use any pragmatic option they have in their armoury to um, to gain an advantage or to gain a foothold. I think they're a brilliantly managed side and David Martindale has done a fantastic job there, an unbelievable job, and he doesn't get the credit that he should get. Uh, and they've got some good football players. Uh, I've long been a fan of Jason Holt, who I think is kind of underrated in our game. Um, and I think the... Um, there's a, there's a few other players in that midfield that can that can move the ball about well. Um, so Livingston are a side that are that are capable. So I'm not I'm not doing them down, but I do think you need someone in there that can give you a bit of bite and a bit of um, a bit of snap. So if Lundstrom is and can be fit, then I, I would I would always throw him into that game. And if it's not Lundstrom. Then I think looking at what, what Rangers have got, and if Jack isn't going to make it, doesn't sound like he is, then I think it's going to have to be Kamara, and Kamara's going to have to be really on it. And, and you know, listen, Glenn Kamara, when he's on it, can, can do that role, no problem. Yeah. What about this suggestion, Chris? I've got to say, it surprised me. I'm sure it surprised uh, you on uh, Sunday when James Sands was uh, announced in the starting uh, lineup. Uh, Stephen Gillespie says, uh, How about Sands for me in, in the middle of the park? Uh, would you be surprised to see that? Uh, unless they're really, really short of options, uh, I would I would be surprised. Uh, I was actually really surprised that Sands started last week. I know the manager has talked up his performance um, a couple of times. I think that's quite a lot to do with just keeping James's uh, mentality on on the right track and giving him a wee, giving him a wee boost, a bit of a good man management from from Michael Beulah. I think it's clear that James Sands has fallen down the pecking order quite a lot. Almost a bit of a forgotten man. As as Johnny was running through his midfield options there, James Sands wasn't even a name that kind of registered with me, which probably tells you how he's yeah. how his season has gone. Um personally, I would have played Leon King last week. I thought Rangers would have got more out of that game playing King than playing Sands, but he then pops up with a winner and all's well that ends well. But I think Sands could could be an option, but only if uh, Alexa Lundstrom can't make it, or if Jack's not going to make it. Uh, but I think even um, even if those two don't, uh, I would imagine Sands is behind Kamara for that uh, second midfield spot alongside uh, Nico Raskin. Do you yeah. know, James, James Sands, Derek, I just want to say, I think James Sands is a good player, but I think he's in the wrong movie in Scottish football. I really do. I think he's quite an elegant, neat and tidy player. He reminds me in some ways of Brahim Hemdani. He's nowhere near as good, but in terms of the way he uses the ball, just he's a water carrier, takes the ball, moves it quickly, and moves it sharply. Um, I think you need to have a bit more physicality and a bit more uh, bite and, and nastiness about you if you're going to play that role in Scottish football. I don't know if Chris agrees with that. Um, and I think that's what's kind of lacking in his game from what I've observed so far. Chris? I, I 
the day that he made his debut, I think it was up at Petaudry, and yeah. he pitched in, uh, made his debut, and I thought that night, he looked much like Johnny said, nice, neat and tidy, and I just had a fear that night that this this guy's not going to be suited for a Rangers, a Rangers midfield. Um, he's still young enough, he's still got, I'm, I'm sure he's still got improvement to, to come. I think his time at Rangers will certainly have stood him in good stead from a, a mentality point of view. It's a great learning curve uh, coming here on loan, but if you're going to say would you go and ring, if there's money there, would you go and sign James Sands in the summer? Not not for me. Could you go and spend that money and get an improvement on James Sands without being disrespectful to him quite easily? I think players like him who take it and give it and take it and give it, they're not 10 a penny, but I think you would be able to pick up one fairly easily to fill in a squad a squad role. Um, so I think he is he's a decent player. I'm sure he'll go on and have a decent career uh, somewhere else. I just, like Johnny said, I think he's in the wrong movie. I don't see him as mm-hmm. a Rangers midfielder, and he's not the type of guy you're going to build a Rangers midfield round about. When you've got Lundstrom on his game, if you can get Jack fit and firing over a longer period, Raskin's obviously come in. There's other options in there that I think are just more suited to the role of a Rangers midfielder than James Sands is. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, just before uh, we go, gents, uh, Johnny, do you foresee any other changes? Fashion Sakala wasn't in the squad la- last week. Of course, he ha- he's just had a baby and was given uh, time off. I can see him returning, not just to the squad, I can see him starting uh, tomorrow. So can I. I think it's the kind of game that Sakala. It's always interesting on these plastic pitches because the ball moves in a different way. So if you're trying to get in behind and play through balls, it's more difficult. I don't know if Rangers will try and go more direct in this game and try and kind of ease off a little bit on the tippy-tappy stuff. I've I've seen it so many times at Kilmarnock and Livingston where you can struggle building through the thirds and playing intricate passing football because the ball just doesn't move as quickly, you know, and and and, and certain times the ball just sticks on the pitch. Uh, you know, there's this famous thing about plastic pitches when the old firm come to town, they don't they don't water them. Um, they let them stay really dry because that makes them more sticky and it's more difficult to play that kind of football. Whereas if they're wanting it to be really, really slick, then they'll, they'll water it quite heavily. Um, so, uh, you know, from a point of view of, of Rangers, I think it's important that they are really, really up for the fight because that's just what Dave, David Martindale does. He, he does the basics so well, and I, I, it's probably coming across a bit of a fanboy of David Martindale, but I just think he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Livingston are a tiny wee team in, in the reality of Scottish football, a tiny wee team, you know, a sort of League One level, I would say, Championship League One kind of yo-yo club. So for him to have them where they are, and to be so consistent over such a long period of time, having come up through the leagues, um, I think uh, initially um, under obviously a different manager, but David Martindale was in the, in the background, is an extraordinary achievement. And to, to maintain what he's doing and to turn around the players that he's turned around, I think uh, Joel Noble was talked about by uh, Michael Beale in the press conference yesterday. I think he's a really, really impressive and talented a guy with a lot of attributes and will cause whoever's in central defence for Rangers tomorrow uh, serious problems, I would expect, because he's got a turn of pace, but he's also got the physicality to to really battle with the best of them. So um, I think whatever Rangers do, they need to be direct, more direct than normal, and they need to be more aggressive than normal. And uh, it's, key, it's key to me that Beal institutes that from, from the get-go. If Rangers can do that, they'll, they'll win the game. Um, 
but you never relish going to Ammonville, and I don't think that's going to change while Martindale's the manager there. Yeah, they've got a decent record there, Chris. Uh, of course, uh, recent times they've went there. All the opening game of the season, they had to come from behind. Of course, how do you see this one going tomorrow? He has he did speak in his Rangers TV interview about going more vertical, uh, more by direct at times. I'd imagine that they might see that on Saturday. But he's slightly concerned with it with the last two performances we've seen against uh, Ross County and Partick. Not overly concerned. I think there's probably reasons for reasons for both of them. Um, it's a very a very different game through it. Through it, Libby, um, Johnny also spoke there about the pitch and how Libby, how Libby operate. It's I don't think it'll be one for the purists <laughs> to yeah, afternoon. It could be, have a, have a, could be a bit of a slog at times, um, but I think if it does turn into that type of game, it might not be a bad thing for Rangers because it would if they could then come through that challenge. It's another side to them that we've seen. Um, they've also went down to Killian one. They've been up to Petodre. I think if they can come through what they've come through so far. And still grind out a win at Libby, knowing that the cup finals to come next week. I think it just tells you a wee bit more about the the game mentality that the manager's building. That's something that he spoke to the Eddie Dealey guys yesterday about. Um, just kind of keeping building. It's, it's important to build performances and, and momentum in terms of results. But there's a mentality issue at, at Rangers as well, and that's that's something that he's trying to forge. Thinking back to the '55 season when they're just so ruthless and so relentless. Ultimately, as I said earlier on, it's not going to pay dividends in terms of the Premiership title. The Rangers have to show that they can go under pressure and win these type of games. So I think even if it turns into a bit of a, a bit of a battle and they can emerge one 0 with a scrappy goal, it might not be the most pleasing on the eye. But I think Michael Beale would actually take something from that type from that type of challenge. Yeah, yeah, certainly they're in for a, a game tomorrow, one of those ones I think they're going to have to roll up their sleeves. Um, but listen, that'll do us there, folks. Thanks to everyone for interacting with the show as ever. Big thanks to uh, Chris and Johnny. Um, we'll be back, uh, well, jo- Josh will be at the game for us tomorrow, so you'll have all the usual pre-match. Uh, well, uh, I'm at the game. Oh, Johnny's at the game, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, incredible scenes. This is Josh on holiday. I was at the game last week as well, Derek, when you were on holiday. It's... <laughs> It's unfortunate for our readers and viewers, but there you go. <laughs> so you'll have uh, Johnny bringing you all the, the usual uh, pre-match and post-match stuff, folks. So, so, so you've got that to look forward to. Um, I'll be back again on Mondays. We review, hopefully, another win under Michael Beale. But until then, enjoy the rest of your Friday and your weekend. Bye for now. <laughs>